what is the show called? <laughs> what is the show called? Okay, welcome back to Fat People with Opinions. This is your host, Isaiah Taylor. And Taylor. And we're back, we're fat, and we still have fucking opinions. Okay. Last time we introduced this show, we promised y'all that we'd be back with regular weekly episodes. Oh, we're recording. <laughs> we are. Oh. <laughs> I was just going through the fucking introduction in my head. Okay, well, we can try it again. <laughs> no, that's fine. We can keep it in. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> Remember that time that we told y'all that we were going to record every week? <laughs> it's just like, you know, shit be happening. And there, niggas, niggas is quarantined and shit. There was a lot going on. When was the last time? This has been, this is like the third week we haven't recorded. Right? It is. No, this is the this would be the fourth week. So it's been three weeks without an episode. I'm pretty sure. Oh, I feel bad. But not really. <laughs> like niggas was in a car accident. I don't know if we talked about that. Yeah. You the last time we recorded you had your rental. Bitch. And I literally had drove had driven every single fucking car under, you know, <laughs> God's green earth. And now Shaquan is out. She is free. Yeah, Shaquan. Shaquan, my baby. And then my fucking, she's out. And then during this whole fucking pandemic, my oil light, light decides mm-hmm, it was no. on. So I have to get an oil change. And I'm sitting here like, what is life like during this whole fucking situation? And then I was sick. The week, like the week before all this started happening. So like, what was that? Like the last week of February, maybe? Yeah. All the way up until that Saturday, before they first started talking about things shutting down, mm-hmm. I was sick. And I lit that sick that, that whole week. Like, I legitimately thought that I had the Rona. Not the Rona. I legitimately was like, these are my final days. This is it, Michael Jackson. Like The weird part is that you might have had it. Because a lot of people were talking and it was like, remember, I don't know if you know, but there was a point in like December, January, where everybody was sick. But nobody knew what it was because it was so different than anything else anyone had ever experienced, including me. Right. I was sick and it was like, I felt like I had the flu, but it didn't feel like the flu. It was like, I was just down and out, down for the count we and had no idea what was going on. I was coughing. I had a fever and I was just like tired all of the time. Like could not get out of bed. Like mm. just felt miserable. And my, I had a sore throat that lasted for like three weeks. Like it just was sore. Oh my God. And I didn't know what it was. And a lot of other people are like, yeah, I was crazy sick in December and my whole family got sick and we didn't know what it was either. And people like people are saying that they went to the hospital and tested negative for the flu, tested negative for strep. So nobody knew what they had. And then we just got better because like me and you were youngish. Mm-hmm. So like our immune yeah. systems could take it. <laughs> youngish. And we just got better. And this was before like the whole pandemic really blew up. So it's like how many people really have already one, been exposed, and two, presented symptoms of this disease that we're not counting because we took so long to respond. Right. I mean, girl, don't be on Hotep Twitter because, bitch, that will really have you out here. I mean, I, I'm not I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, not the conspiracy theorist. That's not me. I don't do things like that. But, like, this one makes sense. Right. Because <laughs> niggas was sick. Like, I remember being sick. Same. And, like, when I think... And the, the, the weird thing about this whole situation is that the symptoms for corona are very similar to that of the flu mm-hmm. and i and also very similar to that of like a cold very similar to that of like allergies so it's like i the mean the only difference is that 
like it's killing people. Right. And that whole shortness of breast breath thing. Yeah. Shortness of breast. Shortness <laughs> of breast thing and the whole like fever situation. But when I was sick and I was sick in February, so like that last week up until like they did they started to close down specific things. I had a fever. I have. I was having like cold. I, I'm assuming that was a fever. Like my body temperature could not regulate. Like I would mm-hmm. be hot and be sweating, and it would take nothing for me to sweat. And then also be like super cold. I also was just like fatigued, like <laughs> in ways that I couldn't even imagine. Like I literally was like to get up and to put on clothes really took everything out of my spirit. Like my life force was being drained by the negaverse. The Negaverse. Bitch, Queen Barrow. <laughs> She's, you know, at the forefront of all this. I also had a cough um, that still, like, wasn't... Still, it kind of lingers until this point, but it's not, like... And it wasn't... I mean, but I was still, like, mucusy, And that's the thing yeah. where I feel like that might be where I actually had the flu. Yeah. Because I... But I also experienced, like, a lot of pressure, too, in my head, like... My sinuses and everything felt clogged and a lot of pressure and kind of like your nose, throat area, the front of your face. I also experienced that. So I I don't think that that aligns with like what they say is the coronavirus symptoms, but I feel like they're two, they're very similar when you look at them, like when you Google shit and go on like women. Yeah, no, they're super similar. They they basically, like if you put symptoms for the flu, the common cold and Corona next to each other, all three of them would check a lot of boxes. And we're, uh, flu season is like. Right now. <laughs> so what are we talking about? Like, what is going on? <laughs> I mean, yeah, so we're just going to get right into a girl. Like there's no introduction. <laughs> we're just going to sit here and talk because. We just have a lot of on on our spirit, but so we're here and everything is closed. Correct, everything, everything. I'm finding it really hard to adjust to this new um, work situation. Mm. So let's talk about how. Okay, let's talk about this segment is going to be called life, <laughs> life in Corona, like life <laughs> during life during the outbreak, life under Corona. Occupation. Life <laughs> under corona <laughs> occupation, bitch. What, how has your work life been impacted by the coronavirus? It's really just the schedule. Like, because I'm very, this is what I do every day. So I have a routine. Mm-hmm. I do this, 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 and this, and then I'm done. Or I do this, 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 and this. I take a break, and then I do this, 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 and this. Like, this it's was very, pre-corona. Yeah. Okay. It's, I'm very routine. So, like, I wake up in the morning. I take the walks for a dog. Uh, the walks for a dog Jesus (laughs) the dogs for a walk (laughs) I have breakfast I go to work I do a set set of things at work and then I come home but now it's like I wake up the dogs might get a walk Mm -hmm. and then I'm immediately working like I don't I can't separate the two things anymore Mm. so it's like I don't and then my time management is not great when I'm at my house because <laughs> mm. I will find anything else to do. I have eaten everything in the world since we've been here. I've played every video game and I'm like up until like midnight doing work because I was do- playing video games during the daytime. So <laughs> right. I have no sense of like regular anything anymore. And your job is the kind of job where it's like there's a task that you have complete, you have to complete and they leave you the room to complete it within that time frame. It just yeah. has to be done by the specific time frame. Yeah. So how you get there is your business. Yeah. 
So like I'm not I'm not getting in any trouble for not getting things done while the sun is up, but I'm also not getting any sleep while the sun is down, you know, because I'm right. working. Oh girl. Yeah, that's a struggle. And it's like I've seen so many posts on social media that have been like part of managing kind of like the the psychological factors of being in this whole quarantine situation is trying to like actually like uphold a routine. Yeah. Like having specific times where you dedicate to work and actually doing things. And I feel like it's in my situation, like having a set schedule and having like my job hasn't really changed that much. It's just that everything I'm doing, I'm doing at home. But knowing that from the hours of 12 to nine, I'm working in like the way that my job works is that I can't really be doing other things while I'm doing it. Well, now I can like, now I can listen to music and shit like that while I'm working and listen to podcasts and shit. But before it's like, I couldn't do that in the workplace, but who gives a fuck now? (laughs) And, but I can't really like say, Oh, I'm going to push this off because we have a deadline. My job doesn't work that way. Niggas are, niggas are still calling in. (laughs) Like (laughs) niggas are still calling in. Have you not gotten like any guidance on, dealing with collection collecting bills and oh, everything. Oh girl, that's all the cause. That's essential of the cause. No, I know, but mm-hmm. like <laughs> is it like uh you're still supposed to do everything you can to collect? Like you haven't gotten a it we depends. understand that everybody's gonna be under issues now because people have lost their jobs and all that. So we're gonna give people, you know, thirty extra days. Like that's not a thing that has happened at your job. Because we work my job it's, it's my job is so complicated. We work for different clients, so different medical facilities around the country. Each different medical facility has their own way that they're approaching. Yeah, offering any kind of assistance um, or opportunity for any kind of change in payment arrangements during this time. Each one has a different situation. Some of them, it's just like, we're going to handle this on a case-by-case basis. Some of them, it's like, we're just going to push your due date a couple of months. So the minimum that you establish, you won't be expected to pay. It will be deferred for 60 days. Okay. Some other people, it's like, they're actually reducing payment plans beyond what we can approve. So it just depends on the the hospital or medical facility. And it's crazy because it's like a lot of the hospitals that I work for are actually being mentioned in the news all the time. So it's like, <laughs> I don't know what's happening. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. And it's kind of hard because it's like getting back to this whole conversation about like being, remember I was talking about how like I was being radicalized in kind of this conservative direction. One of the things that I've realized is that like during, it's kind of, it's kind of a toss up because I'm put in a position where it's like, I'm grateful that I still have employment and still have an income Yeah. because there are people obviously just by virtue of the fact that everything is being shut down, they no longer have employment, no longer have an income, which means how are you paying your bills? How are you surviving? But then it's also like one of the hospitals I work for said that they're no longer going to do outbound calls because they're like, we're in the middle of an epidemic. So why would we, or a pandemic, I don't know the difference. But why would we be reaching out to for pe- reaching out for money from people when people are not going to have money and the right. economy is failing? Right. But I feel conflicted about that because it's like that would mean that it potentially could stop the business. <laughs> it mean that it could stop my income. True. So it's kind of like you're put in a position where it's like conflicting it's conflicting needs. I understand the needs of the people in terms of we shouldn't be reaching out to them to collect money, but 
we also girl i'm sorry i'm on high alert i don't know what's going on we also um we need people to pay in order for us to be considered essential in order for us to be you know in order for, in order for us to get paid i do have questions on why your job would be considered essential but then it's also like you think about it we're the the revenue for medical oh, facilities true. so right. it's like okay. that makes sense so it's it, and that's also a conflicting part of it too because it's not like it would be different if this is a credit card company right we're not this is if you go to see the doctor the doctor has to be paid yeah if you go to see go to the hospital for something that's not COVID-19 related you still have to be they, they have to be paid right in order to exist um, I just don't think that you should be the one paying them. I, I think the, the government <laughs> should be paying them. And it's very obvious that the government could come off of a couple of dollars because they have been coming off of quite a few dollars in the last couple of days. Girl. So, yeah, I'm working from home. And it's one of the things I kind of don't like about working from home, I do like how lax it is, like I said, in terms of being able to, like, in, in the workplace, because I work in kind of a corporate environment when you're, everything is being monitored and watched and it's this top-down perspective, you can't, like, be on your phone. Like, you have to hide to be on your phone. Mm-hmm. You can't, like, listen to music or watch videos or anything like that. When I'm at home, child... <laughs> I'm watching all kinds of shit on my phone. I'm watching. The, the news is playing in the background. Like, I will get up from my desk and go do some other shit because I know that nobody needs my help right now. Do you have to do video meetings with your colleagues? No. The only time we do, we did a conference call, like a conference call staff meeting with my team, but that we just called in. And even then, I put my phone on mute because some the my manager was just talking. So I put my phone on mute and went to the bathroom like while we were on this conference call. Because, I mean, it's not, you know... It's not major. And I like that whole part of it. And I think it makes managing what I do a lot easier because it's like I can kind of check out of it and just focus on doing the task or, you know, it's not. My quality of life is not as bad. If you had the um, option of doing full time work at home once this is all done, would you do it? I would actually. I, I would. I would. Because yeah. I like the ability, I really do like being able to like do other shit while I'm doing. Because I will be the because I'm the type of girl who apply for other jobs while I'm on the clock. <laughs> like I'm that girl. I'm the type of girl. Like, Let me get my resume together. Let me you know do this. Let me research financial this financial literacy discussion. Like I will do all the other shit and then be typing an email to you at the same time. I'm her. Okay. Um, and I don't want to be. I don't want you to see that. <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to see that. You don't need to know all that. Um, but what I was going to say was the thing I don't like is that because we're working from home, it's kind of like in my, my job, you, there's no, really no excuse, but like people assume that you have more availability just by virtue of the fact that you're working from home. Yeah. So it's kind of like in, in, in your case where you don't have a specific time where you're like clocking in, you're being like monitored during that whole time period to finish this task. It's kind of like. If you have to be responsive to emails and stuff like that, it's kind of like people be res- expecting to respond very mm-hmm. quickly. Mm-hmm. Same with when you're at home. It's like when you're at work, you, there may, may be times where you step away from your desk and you're not there. So it's like, yeah. don't be coming for me, even though I stepped away from my desk while we're still working at home and I'm on the clock. And girl. Yeah, I don't really, I don't understand how you feel like you get to dictate what happens in my home. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. I was I'm on Twitter and there are people talking about how their professors because they're doing like online classes now, their professors won't let them eat <laughs> during the video 
class. And I'm just like, you're not going to tell me what I can do in my house. And watch me sit here with all my chicken fingers, <laughs> honey, french fries, um, honey mustard, and barbecue sauce, bitch, and be ch- chomping right in your face. Like, who are you? How, why do you think that you have so much power over what I do with myself in my space? Just because you're teaching. And also... Just mind your business. Right. And also, and like, I can see do you want was... some? Like, I don't... <laughs> are you mad? Do you... Like, are you hungry? If we were in a physical class on campus, first of all, I've eaten in many a class. Come on. But also, I could see maybe how you feel like maybe that's a distraction if I'm like ruffling bags or like <laughs> I'm eating fish and you can smell it. Okay. But if I'm in my home, I can easily mute my microphone. Right. <laughs> like, what is the excuse here? Why are you saying I can't do this? Right. It's because you feel like you need to exert some power over me and I'm not for any of that shit and not in my house it's probably kind of like a reaction to the whole situation where they feel like we're trying to make this a contained control environment i'm trying to demonstrate my control so i don't want people eating during this whole session but it's also like bitch calm down none of this, none of this shit is normal i'm grown and it's not right it's not even like and i'm paying so let me sit my i'm still I'm gonna have to pay for this online course that right. shouldn't be taught the fuck online bitch let's be clear right because i didn't sign up for an online course because I may not be an online course learning ass bitch. I may not have a internet connection. I was talking to my friend Rose about this. She works at the university, mm. and she was talking about how a lot of the professors are having issues because they don't they don't know how to run a class online because this is not something that they were doing. So like everyone's just losing their shit. A lot of people are not computer literate. Like a, a lot of, and I'm not saying that to be shady, but I'm saying that like. There's definitely a clear generational distinction between like our generation and mm-hmm. the generation before ours, and mm-hmm. that we like even at, at my job, I'm I'm not gonna say that I'm like the best computer person, computer savvy person, but I can figure out how to fix a problem. You get what I'm saying? Like yeah. if I run into an issue with like connectivity, or I run into an issue with like my systems not working the way that they're supposed to, instead of me immediately going to ask a question about it, I will try to fix it myself. Mm-hmm. Whereas the people who are older than me, they definitely feel like, like today, somebody sent me an email talking about, I have this caps lock, this caps lock message on my computer and it's not going away. I would not have sent that to anybody because I would have pushed the caps lock. Okay. <laughs> Or if it wasn't going away, I would have shut the whole computer off before I sent this to anybody. And if it became a problem after that point, I was like, okay, what the fuck's going on here? I'm not crazy. I might have just ignored it at that point. Like, is it is it making it hard to type an email? Girl, this like, this is the shit I do all day. I'm like, bitch, I need to be working in IT. Like, I have to. I need to be getting a coin from IT as well because I'm having to fucking reboot computers. My manager don't be knowing what's be going on sometimes. And she's like, can you please just help them because... I don't know what I'm doing. I'm like, okay. Because <laughs> I would have pushed the cat lock button. <laughs> like, I was just completely gone. So, like you said, there's people, older people, who are put in a position where they're having to, like, you're trying to force computer literacy in order to kind of make this whole thing work. And it's like, I mean, it just all goes back. I mean, how do you prepare for a pandemic? So, I, I, I don't. I'm trying to give them grace. It's the less about being prepared, though, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm of the mindset that we just, you know, scrap it and start over next time. Mm-hmm. Because why try to cobble together something and then it potentially not work? And now you've done all of this work, put a lot of people through a lot of stress, and now they just have to repeat it anyway. 
when you could just be like, you know what, <laughs> we're sorry. Here's a refund for this semester. We'll see you next semester. Right, and that's what. And I was talking to my friend who currently is a PhD student, um, almost done, and he. We were talking about how like, cause I kind of wasn't really understanding the counter argument to just making everything online. And maybe that's just my a virtue of my kind of um, perspective as a millennial who's okay with computers. And I feel like I still, I've never taken an online course, but I, it's just reading on a computer screen. That's what I assumed <laughs> it was. But I'm like, after talking to him and talking to other people, it's kind of like, how do you learn chemistry, a chemistry lab online? Right. Like how You can't do, you... do any lab online. And then there's also something to be said for specifically when you're talking about like, I mean, I guess this goes for all subjects, but I know for me, one of the things that's so important to my learning is like having a specific moment and like a class discussion to attach things to. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like when I, whenever I would take a test or whenever I would like have to study something and I was like, remember a concept, if I could say like, oh, I remember we talked about this on this day. I remember what I was wearing. I remember what the teacher was wearing. Like I remember what the whole situation was. That would make it easy for me to kind of grasp the concept. Yeah. Like... How are you going to be talking about African American history online? Like I don't understand. <laughs> like I don't. How are you grasping these concepts online? Learning for me is very compartmentalized in that I can't take online classes because I need my class to be at a set time and a set. Like I'm very routine. Like right. I said earlier, mm-hmm. I need my chemistry lab to be Tuesdays and Thursdays from eleven to to three. Mm. So if I'm doing a discussion board online, I've taken an online class is how I know I can't do it. Opening it and being like, okay, I have to read this. I have until next Friday to do it. And I have to post these three discussion questions on, like, I'm not going to do it. I'm going to play a video game. I'm going to do everything else that I want to do. And then I'm going to look at this three minutes before it's due and be like, oh, fuck it. I missed it. Like, that's not how I learn. That's not something that I can do. And then also, like, what are you really paying for? Because it's like, this is shit that I could be doing on my own. Right. I could be doing this on YouTube for free. For free. So it's like they, I, I, I'm moving closer. And by moving, I mean I am moving. <laughs> I am of the opinion that a lot of these schools should have just chalked the whole everything to move to online instruction and just gave people their money back. Because mm-hmm. I feel like y'all can eat it. And if, if you're not going to give people their money back, then you shouldn't be giving out grades. Everyone should just pass. Right. I honestly feel like that. Everyone should just pass for the semester then. Because, because there's so many variables. And Even internet access is a variable. Like, right. what if I, I don't have a laptop? I don't have internet. So what, I just can't take my classes? Also, having a designated space in your home that, right. you can, that's, that you can set aside for, like, work and for, like, studying. And then also, the, the part that we're not clocking is that this is trauma, like, <laughs> unfolding before our eyes. Niggas are dying. Right. And depending on where you're located, you're, you're going to run into instances where you're encountering people who have been impacted by the disease just by the virtue of the fact that it's so contagious. Mm-hmm. So it's like... My mom works at the hospital Shanika works at the hospital like and I mean my mom lives by herself right now I don't it's not like she has to worry about someone or infecting someone at her home but there are people she works with that can't go home right now they either have to stay at the hospital or have to go to a hotel because they can't be around their kids like like imagine one you had to leave college where you were living mm-hmm. and potentially go back to somewhere where you don't have a bed because right. you weren't there and now your mom can't come home. Like, <laughs> a lot is going on right now. And I don't have time to be focusing on school. But then I also kind of think that there is merit to the argument. It's kind of like, 
taking people's mind away from the whole thing by having them focus on studies. And I Which think is fair, but I feel like you should maybe give me the choice to right. decide how I want to do that. That's the point. That. That's the point I was going to say. You should give me the option, not make the option for me. Right. Because I may not have the emotional, financial bandwidth com- right now to be focusing on this right. at all. Um, but, yeah, I mean, working from home, she's cute. And <laughs> I'm trying to maintain. I was listening to a podcast and it was like kind of, it, it was kind of validating the feelings that I've been having lately. I'm trying to balance this whole like, maintaining gratitude kind of mindset because it's like like i said i'm in a put in a position where i live in a place where it hasn't really proliferated yet according to the numbers but i mean obviously it's going to um i also am in a situation where i still have access to my income nothing has really changed for me outside of just having to work from home i am annoyed by the fact that i can't go to the gym which is a huge part of my routine and a huge part of like how i maintain a lot of my mental health and just, you know, become a part of my identity. But I'm trying to maintain gratitude and not complain. But then it's also like, on the podcast I was listening to today, they were talking about how, like, once you reach a certain level of, like, optimism and kind of, like, maintaining grace and giving people the benefit of the doubt in this situation, it kind of becomes harmful. Because it's like, at what point are we going to start to really check in with ourselves and say, like, this shit is not normal. Yeah. Like, we're impacted by this shit. Yes. Yes. And, and I'm feeling like I need to be hearing this. Like, I I feel like I'm always looking for the hopefulness in this situation or trying to look for, like, a shred of positivity. But it's like, this shit is fucking crazy. Yeah. Nobody expected to be experiencing this in my lifetime. And then when you start to look at individuals who are in positions of leadership and the decisions that they made during this whole process, it's kind of like... These niggas, I, it feels like to me that they were trying to actively harm. Like, they were trying to, if if not actively, like, by their gross negligence, mm-hmm. are harming people. Well, yeah, but that's been true for the last four years. Right. So. <laughs> but, like... Definitely with this, though. Because, like I said, a, a bunch of us were sick <laughs> months ago. Right. Nobody was saying anything. I'm sure somebody knew something was going on, but nobody was saying anything. Who was it? There was that. I remember reading this news article that was saying back back in December, or it was either back in December or January, that there was like a high level intelligence official who was essentially saying to the public, his public face, his public standing was, "It's not that deep. Don't worry about it. It hasn't gotten over here yet." And then he was telling people like like lobbyists or donors, that kind of thing, who were donating to the Republican Party, that. It was, like, comparable to the Spanish flu. Yeah, that's when all of the people who were knee-deep in stocks started selling off their stocks because they knew the market was going to crash. There were, like, a hundred and some CEOs in January alone that stepped down from their companies. Just, like, quietly stepped down from their companies. CEOs, because they knew the market was going to crash. This is wild. In January. But nobody said anything to us, though. That's this is wild. This is wild. And then it's like, like life is just so fucking unfair sometimes. Like why, like why is it that you get to make the decision to step down in order to avoid the the 
the consequences of being in a position of privilege and, <laughs> and while simultaneously, I mean, maybe not the CEOs, but like the government who are some of the CEOs mm-hmm. saying to the American people, we're going to give you $1,200 because that should be enough, which where we live, $1,200 might be enough to cover your monthly expenses. Might be if you're a single person living by yourself, mm-hmm. $1,200 might be enough to cover your expenses, but it's definitely not in places like New York. It's absolutely not in places like California. What is $1,200 going to do for the average American? And I also feel like, here's my thing. I'm not going to say that $1,200 isn't a lot of money. To me, $1,200 is a significant amount of money. Yeah, like I said, for a single person paying your bills, $1,200 might be enough money to do that for a month. The issue that I have is if we're going to be giving people $1,200, I... the. What we need to be doing is twelve hundred dollars would be so much more for other people if it were the case that there was a moratorium on rent, mm-hmm. you didn't have to pay your student loans, you didn't have to pay health insurance, you didn't have to pay your car note. Like we, if because really, if the primary goal of this twelve hundred dollars, and th- that's what's so fascinating about this is that they're talking about stimulating the economy, nigga. I'm talking about surviving surviving like literally leaving my house going to the grocery store getting food getting the things i need to bunker the fuck down and still maintain this life that i have and then do that again in the future because that's what for the foreseeable future they're talking about months of this shit so it's like i don't understand why we're talking about stimulating the economy i don't give a fuck about the economy i'm sorry (laughs) maybe i'm not the (laughs) the most like like knowledgeable person when it comes to like macroeconomics but the way i think about it is you're not going to tell me that the richest country country in the world cannot afford to have its economy stalled for a couple months you can't convince me of that i'm sorry especially when we know that as soon as this whole situation is over and things go back to normal niggas are going to spend money mm-hmm. like we know that to be the case so why are we not prioritizing health right and literally, because prioritizing niggas having niggas to spend money when this is over. Because niggas can't work if they're dead. Correct. Like <laughs> niggas can't spend money if they are Sick. not alive. Right. So it's like logic, you know. And it's just it seems like a lot of people who are in positions of leadership are devoid of that logic. <laughs> and the thing that's the most infuriating to me is that y'all are still out here voting for Joe Biden. That also. I'm over people who who are not going to really, really feel the ramifications of this whole situation, being able to make decisions for the people who are. Mm-hmm. That, that just fucks my whole face up. I mean, it's not like that's not any other issue. Like, it's not the case in any other issue. But in this one, it's particularly salient because, like, I remember, who was it? Rick's, it, there was a, I just saw a video from uh, the podcast I, I listened to, Majority Report, and he was it was Rick Scott, who apparently is like the richest, um, the richest uh, Senate member in the fucking Senate, and essentially there was a conversation about how like with this whole stimulus bill or this relief package that they passed, that there's a part of it where I don't know the math of it, I didn't really understand this part where. Because of the unemployment insurance kind of um, expansion, that there's going to be a way that you can essentially get 110% of your income as opposed to 100%. And Rick Scott was essentially expressing his kind of like hesitation with passing that kind of bill because he feels like that's not going to incentivize people to go to work once this whole situation is over. And then one of the reporters was like, 
you do understand the optics of you being the richest man in Congress talking about somebody who makes $37,000 getting $37,500 because of unemployment insurance under this expansion and how that might not, you know, bode well with maintaining like a good public face during this whole situation. And he was like, well, I just want to make sure that once people, this is all over, people want to go back to work. And I'm just like, y'all niggas really don't get it. Right at all. (laughs) Like, like $500 to you is a penny. Like, not even half, bitch. Um, a, a fucking fallen Captain Crunch Colonel. Right. $500 is you paying the man who drove you here today. It, a, it a, means a, nothing to you. A little drop in the bucket. To me, $500, bitch, we, we can really make some things happen. <laughs> okay? <laughs> we can really do some things. $500 is a mortgage over here, niggas. Come on. Uh, $500, bitch, that's too... That's, Almost two student loan payments because you know I would have to get a, a little bit more to get the, the other second one, but it's okay. But like, girl, that's a couple of student loan payments. Like, you're really over here trying to, you're halting, potentially halting. This was before everything was going down with the, he was just expressing how he was apprehensive about passing it. But you're really potentially going to jeopardize something that's going to offer relief to millions of people because you feel like, this is going to de-incentivize people from going to work because it's all about personal responsibility as part of this whole kind of Republican ethos. I'm over that shit. Like, I'm over people who <laughs> are not going to be impacted by this shit. Like, Making you have a bunker. Sense. You, I know you have a bunker, bitch. And you have millions of dollars. You're going to be okay. Exactly. Me, I have to go outside. Right. I Eventually. can't stay in, in my home. I have to buy groceries. Right. I, I have to walk the dogs. Like, I have to leave my home. I have to get medication. I'm sorry, I don't have a fucking in-house pharmacist like right. half y'all niggas do. Like, I can't. This whole situation is just really enlightening. I have a question. How do you feel about... Sorry, we're jumping all over the place. Okay. How do you feel about people kind of like moralizing the issue i mean it's a there's a moral question but moralizing like the personal behaviors of people so people who who have decided that they're going to go out in public and not really adhere to this kind of social distancing guidelines or the imperative social distancing and then people are saying people are selfish for doing things how do you feel about the whole well i don't know how i feel because it's like Selfish for doing what, one? Because there's nothing to do now. So if you're saying, like, they're selfish for going to the grocery store, you sound stupid. But, like, if you are... If this was before everything got shut down, right, and you Mm -hmm. decided that you wanted to go out to a restaurant because it was your birthday, right before... Like, you knew that that everything was circulating and that it was probably best for you to stay in your house, but things were still open. So you were like, I'm going to go to the restaurant because it's my birthday. Like, whatever, it's your birthday. I'm not going to look down on you for that. I do think, however, that if it's, like... Now that everything is shut down, if you're like, oh, I'm going to go, you know, run through an old people's home and lick all the toilets, that you are a little weird. Mm -hmm. But if you feel like in order to keep (laughs) yourself sane. That just runs the fuck you like. (laughs) Because I don't don't fully understand now because there's nothing to do. So what are you going outside for? Well, bitch. There were a lot of people talking about how I almost told everybody where we were. Mm -hmm. The big park over by your house. 
over by CJ's, CJ's house. Mm-hmm. Um, people were like, it's packed over there. I don't understand what people don't understand about stay the fuck home. Everybody's at the park. I don't think, here's, let me, I mean, I have frequented the park during this whole situation. And I don't know if that's like, if people would consider me selfish, but they they leave the parks open because they want you to exercise. Right, you're outside. Right. And I'm running around people. As long as you're not like in somebody's mouth, I don't understand. (laughs) Right. And there are, there are, like one time I went, I went at like, it was a Saturday, I went at 12 o'clock and there were a significant number of people there, but it wasn't like a festival. It was like, niggas there was a cluster of people over here 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 and then people walking around if you're just walking around the trail then i don't understand really how you can be in a situation where something could be passed on to you i really don't um unless somebody's coughing directly into your mouth and and, and yes <laughs> yes and what i was talking about is first of all I'm seeing people probably within the last week who are having like secret underground parties. Oh, okay. 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 I didn't think about that. And I'm like, but also, okay. I'm still not sure how I feel, but Mm -hmm. if you say you and me and you know, six other friends, we've all been in our homes for the last two weeks working from home, not really leaving other than to buy groceries. If the eight of us decided to get together, what's the worst that could happen? Because we're all then going back to our homes to sit and do nothing. Right. And this is going to parlay, this is going to segue perfectly into a conversation that I want to have on this fucking podcast, bitch. So to answer, to, to address that point, I was going to say to me, that is like an extreme. That's like, y'all know that we're having this kind of social distancing situation. If you're trying to use this as kind of like a, a profit opportunity to have like these underground parties in your house yeah. and then people come in, it's like, y'all are doing way too much. You're trying to get this shit packed. Like, in that situation, I understand why you might call somebody selfish. You might moralize the issue because I feel like it, it beckons the question, why are you doing that? Like, right. we all. Especially if you're doing it just to charge something at the door, to charge a cover. Right. We all know why you're doing it. I don't feel like, generally speaking, I don't feel like you shaming someone is actually going to, to, to do the thing that you wanted to do. Yeah, we've, <laughs> we've already discussed that. <laughs> right. I don't you think can't you, shame someone into doing anything. I don't think a shame is a good way to promote any kind of behavioral change because if anything, it makes it about how you're shaming me as opposed to the thing that you think that I'm doing wrong and how I should change that behavior. It's mm-hmm. like the fact that you're telling me that I should be ashamed of myself, I'm selfish, I'm going to only focus on that and not actually focus on the behavior that you want to change. So I don't think that you saying that somebody, I don't think people are selfish because they want to go outside their house during this whole situation. I would prefer that they not, but I'm saying that I understand why they are because first of all, the psychological toll of this whole like quarantine situation, it's understated. Like, yeah. And my main concern in this whole thing would be, like, my grandmother, right? Like, I wouldn't want you going out to party with 10 million people and then going to shake my grandmother's hand. Right. But I'm not going to try to control you in that aspect. I'm going to make sure that she stays in her house Mm -hmm. and that she's not inviting guests over. So if it's, like, if the people who feel like they are capable of dealing with corona, if they get it, want to go out and do dumb shit, do that. 
but then don't go interact with anyone else. Right. Like, don't go interact with the people who feel like they're not capable of beating it. Right. Give people the choice. Like, make sure that you're... If, and if you're going to do shit, like, practice safe... Like, Sa- safe doing it. <laughs> yeah, try to try to maintain a certain level of awareness. Like, try to touch right. your face through that environment. Keep washing your hands. Like, the moment that you see somebody coughing, like... step away and do it at a place where the place can be contained too like if you want to go to a house party cool be at someone's private home don't try to throw a secret party at like you know a mcdonald's or you know somewhere where there's going to be a high traffic later on don't do it there do it somewhere where there's not going to be a ton of people moving in and out later right and so what happened in my case is so last weekend i left my house (laughs) <laughs> and I told my, I, I was very, you know, vocal about the fact that I was going to go because I wanted to see a soul food platter. I'm not going to talk about this, the process with the soul food platter because it was a lot, but I wanted a soul food platter. There's a specific, there's a specific place that sells soul food that has a very popular Instagram. I'm not going to say who it is because <laughs> I have thoughts, but they're in our general area. I like their food. I have issues. <laughs> Wait, is it, what's it called, like B&G or something like that? No, so it's, okay. it's no. It's, the place is actually in Philly. Oh, okay. But, um, so, I was going to do that, and I haven't seen Shanika in forever. Shanika's my best friend, love her dearly. Haven't seen her in forever. So I was like, okay, I'm going to go hang out with her. And in my mind... Shanika's a nurse, so Shanika's not going to put me in any kind of, like, compromising position. <laughs> like, she understands what's going on with this whole situation. Mm-hmm. She also has a family that she cares about that she, you know, has relationships with. So it's like, she's not going to put me in any kind of compromising position. So I go over to her sister's house, and I'm with her. And it's only, it's four adults and probably, like, three children. So, like, seven people. And we're just sit, sitting in the house. So we were planning on getting the food. And we had to order. And there was a whole process to get our order in and all that kind of stuff. And during that process, my mom decides that she's going to call me. And she's going to say, are you practicing social distancing? <laughs> now, backstory. I have left the house multiple times before this first <laughs> this, this time I'm leaving the house now. I go, I leave the house to go to the park, never received a phone call. I leave the house to go to um, the, the grocery store, never received a phone call. <laughs> By myself sometimes to get things for me or to get things for the house. Also, when they need things, like they ordered a pizza one time and they wanted me to go pick it up, I did that. No, did you practice social distancing? <laughs> I'm leaving the house. I get a call. Are you practicing social distancing? Now, the I had my own issues that I need to work on therapy with my mom because my immediate response was goodbye <laughs> was my immediate response because I didn't have anything nice to say in that moment and I know I didn't have anything nice to say so I was just saying goodbye. <laughs> and she was like, well, because I live at home currently and my grandmother lives with us, she was like, well, I have my mother here. It's what she said. I have my mother here. <laughs> And I'm, I'm, and this is why I didn't have anything nice to say because your mother is my grandmother. So <laughs> it's not like, and I mean, obviously those are different relationships, but it's kind of like, I'm not a stranger. So you saying this to me is yeah. kind of doing what? 
whatever, black moms. It's interesting that she said it like that, though. I have my mother here. Because my mother would have been like, your grandmother is here. Right. She would have made it about me. And I said goodbye. And that was the end of the conversation. (laughs) So then, a couple hours later, she... And there has been no correspondence at all between me and her up until this point. I'm still at Shanika's house. We're literally sitting in the house watching music videos from the 2000s and drinking wine. <laughs> we we did go to get the food, but we took all the necessary precautions, practiced social distancing, wore washing our hands, did all that stuff. She wore a mask. She wore gloves. I just stayed in the car. We're in the house. Watching the videos. I get a text from my mom. No, we're this is on our way coming back from getting the food. I get a text from my mom that says, they're saying that, they said that nobody's supposed to be leaving the house in the case of emergency. Essentially, she's saying, like, they said nobody's supposed to be leaving the house, so why are you leaving the house is what she's alluding mm-hmm. to. And then she says, you're putting your family at risk. And I'm like... This pissed me off. Like, this really irritated me. Because how much of a, like, do you be laying on top of them when you're at the house or? Because it's, from my perspective, and I'm not, I'm not a medical professional, Mm -hmm. but if you went in the house when you got home and washed your hands immediately, what, what is the issue? And also, never was it a problem when I was potentially exposing myself in any other instance. So how... Does she know that Shanika is a nurse? Yeah. Maybe that was the issue. But also... But she didn't know I was going over there. That's oh. also that's also the tea. At no point during this whole conversation did she ever ask me, where are you at? <laughs> <laughs> and that's where I feel like potentially could have quelled her concerns. Because here's what I'm imagining. I'm imagining her watching the news, hearing all this information about this pandemic, thinking, oh, my son is outside. Why is he outside? Nobody's supposed to be outside. Where is he at? But instead of asking me, where are you at? She's saying, she's she's not even leaning into a conclusion. She fell into the conclusion. She was like, <laughs> you're someplace, you're at a party, you're at a secret club, and you're having niggas breathe all, all up in your face, and then you're going to give this <laughs> give this to my grandmother, and then she's going to die. That's, that's I, the through line, according mm-hmm. to her. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying that that is not a legitimate concern and I'm not trying to, you know, invalidate her. And I think we live in a scary t- a scary time. This is a scary time. So I can understand where the concern is coming from, but I feel like a this could have been quelled. Like I could have quelled your concerns by you asking me a question me talking to you. Like right. I would have said, oh, we're sitting in the house watching music videos the same way that I was doing that with you earlier. You went to go to the grocery store. I didn't say, oh, did you wear hazmat suit? <laughs> Are you practicing social distancing? Right. You went to work. I didn't say, oh, did you wear a hazmat suit? <laughs> no, but okay. And also, like, to me, it's kind of like you're making a character judgment about me. I don't know if I'm taking it too far or being over analytical, but it's kind of like when you're saying things like you're putting your family at risk, I'm reading that as you don't give a fuck about us. Yeah. And that to me is like a character flaw. Like you're saying something about my character and yeah. I don't like that because... That's not who you are. And for you to be making those kinds of claims and saying those kinds of things and just, mm, girl... <laughs> I wanted to let her have it, but I did not. I just was like, you know what? I'm going to just ignore her. That's, and that's exactly what I did. I didn't respond. Because 
to me, it's like, I love my family to death. First of all, let's be clear. I love my family to death. They have supported me. Uh, let me not give them too much. I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to choose my words very, very specifically. I love them to death. We have a, a relationship. We have been through a lot together. I love them to death. Let's be clear. Shanika's family mm-hmm. down. Like, and I think it's kind of a difficult concept for specifically, I don't know if any other black millennials or people of black <laughs> parents, but my mom, she doesn't really have friends in that her family is her friends. Yeah. And I don't know if that's just like a product of her generation or a product of being black in that generation, but she doesn't really understand the concept of you have friends that are not your family, your brothers and sisters. Especially, it's it also becomes layered. I don't want to get too deep into it. It also becomes layered when you're a, a queer person because you get to choose your family, essentially, especially when your family isn't, like, accepting. Yeah. So, Shanique is my family. Shanique has been there for me through everything. Me to her. So, me going over and me having not seen her, also knowing that she's a nurse at the, the front lines of this shit, I want to spend time with her. Mm-hmm. So... Again, all of this could have been quelled if we had a conversation. Like, I could have, you know, added some complexity, some context to the whole situation so that you could feel a little bit better. And also, that whole, going back to the whole character flaw thing, it says something about your parenting is what I wanted to say, that you don't have any faith in your child to not put the house in danger. True. And I wanted to say that so badly. Girl, which I know she does not have the bandwidth for that. Mm-mm. She does not. That was going to open a whole can of worms. And, and, and I was ready during the <laughs> pandemic. I was ready to have that conversation. But you know what? I'm trying to really, really pick and choose my battles because I understand that we are under a specific situation where I feel like tensions are high because of what's going on. But I say all that to say that I understand that people want to moralize people going out side because i understand that it's a, a moral there's an imperative to it in that you could be impacting somebody else's health but that doesn't mean that you completely disregard all the information and not make an informed educated conclude like have an informed basis for your conclusion because we're getting all this negative information being told not to go outside yeah like and in that situation instead of getting access to more information, you just decided to jump right off the cliff <laughs> and, and accuse me of something that I think is, like, crossing boundaries Yeah, to me. So that's, that's the only reason why I brought that up. How do you feel about, this is kind of connected, people deciding that they aren't going to pay rent, one, and then people... Like shaming, like landlords shaming their tenants for not paying rent in this situation. Like, I can't. First of all, the, I, I, people are acting like people have never been in a situation where they could not pay a bill. <laughs> like, there, if you don't have the money, you don't have the money. Right. It's not like I'm not paying. And this is what's so interesting when you start talking about finances in the context of capitalism because we assume that because of you know the bottom line is what's always important that we kind of take the humanity out of a situation you to me it's like you by you moralizing the issue making it seem like this person is doing something to me by not paying the bill i mean they are because (laughs) if your income is tied to 
them paying their rent. I understand where that's coming from. But... But... I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say that the issue is that, to me, it's like, are you assuming that they're not paying their rent because they can't pay? I mean, they're not paying their rent because they want to spend on Christian Louboutin? <laughs> like, <laughs> we are in the middle of a pandemic. The economy has stopped. But, bitch... <laughs> Bitch. Like, I can't pay. I feel some type of way about people who are landlords and their sole income is their properties. Right. One, because it's like, I don't I don't want to sound mean, but like, is it a job, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Especially like, okay, so f- for some context, my grandfather is a landlord. Mm-hmm. He owns a ton of houses that he rents out. He is also the maintenance guy. He is the, you know, receptionist. He takes all the phone calls. He literally runs that whole thing He's by himself. A, a property management company yes, in one person. Literally. Yeah. So that is how he pays his bills is his properties. But he he literally does all of the work himself, his two hands. So that's one thing. But then it's like when you have these Owners who own multiple houses, who own um, apartment buildings, Mm -hmm. and they're saying, but if you don't pay your bills, I can't pay my bills. It's like, that's bullshit. Because if you own, you know, an 18 apartment apartment building, right? And they're all paying you $1,000 in rent every fucking month. You're Mm -hmm. telling me that you missing out on $18,000 this month is going to fuck you up. Like, what are your bills like that you don't have money, first of all, in your savings, and second of all, that they're more than $18,000? Your bills are more than $18,000. That's what you're telling me right now. Right, and we can really have a a critical conversation about, like, Marx's theory of surplus value on this motherfucking podcast on this here today. (laughs) Because I will really break down some shit for you and the whole how the whole concept of, like, profit is really fucking sickening. Because in that situation, it's like... Say his overhead was $20,000 and he has 20 tenants. Hmm. I'm trying to figure math. Okay. We're doing math. <laughs> okay. He has 20 tenants. 20 times 1,000 is 20,000, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes, math. Okay. Okay, so he knows that his baseline in order to to yield kind of like a um to to balance out is that he has to charge everyone at least a thousand dollars. He's not going to do that. He's he, not. He's going to charge everyone, let's say twelve hundred dollars minimum. And so, that's conservative because right. I would go at least double. <laughs> right. He's going to do twelve hundred dollars minimum. That means that he's already covered his bases and has money in his pocket. Mm-hmm. So then, if he keeps doing that, that's going to accumulate into more money. Correct. So it's like. Nigga, and that's why I'm saying you're not gonna tell me that these industries, and this is no shit, because I understand that these are people's in, like an industry. Also, you know, it trickles down to an individual whose income is being impacted by this. But you're not gonna tell me that these multi-billion, trillion-dollar industries cannot afford to stall, to halt, and also pay their employees what they were paying them before for a couple of months. It may be different for the case of small businesses, which is why they should definitely have addressed that in the bill. Mm-hmm. But these big, big ass corporations, you're not going to tell me that they cannot halt production for a couple of months in order to ensure that this whole thing is eradicated. You're not going to tell me that. You're not going to tell me mm-hmm. that, especially when all, all up until when did the the company economy didn't halt until like two weeks ago, right? So y'all were still making a profit up until that point. You're, you're not going to convince me. I'm sorry. Not at all. At all. Because what's the 
the thing that they tell young people you're supposed to have like six months of bills saved up in your mm-hmm. savings for an emergency. Somebody talk about that today, and that's exactly what they said. Okay, six so if, if I, me, personal Taylor, me, twenty eight year old Taylor, supposed to have six months of all of my bills saved up, why is it that my landlord, not not my landlord, but why is it that my landlord doesn't have six months of his bills saved up so that he can pay his bills in an emergency? Here's the here's why the landlord tenant argument thing going on right now is stupid. One. If the way you pay your bills is tied to me making money, you can't be mad when you can't pay your bills because I'm not making any money. <laughs> you can't. Your bills should be paid because you make money. And if you making money is tied to me making money, then you have to deal with it when I'm not making any money. I cannot give you money I don't have. I don't know what you want me to do. You can put me out, but like, who's going to fill this, this room now? Because you're not going to find anybody to move in in the middle of this. And this whole this whole outbreak has really kind of um, what's the word I want to use? Like kind of highlighted, like unveiled a lot of the the taken for granted assumptions that people have in the context of capitalism. Because if you don't answer specific questions in turn, like if you don't answer specific concerns from a policy perspective, then you're assuming that people have the ability to fill in the gaps. What do I mean by that? If you're, I'm trying to think about it. If you don't put a stop on rent and if you don't put a stop on rent, but you only give people $1,200, you're assuming that $1,200 is enough to pay for their rent. Mm-hmm. Like, and if you're from the perspective of a landlord, if you're upset at individuals who cannot pay their rent, you're assuming that they have an ability to pay their rent if and they are, were not working. Right, and are choosing not to. Like, people don't understand that. What is it that they say that it's like 44% or 50%? It's like, I think it's between 40 to 60% of Americans cannot afford a, a, an emergency in the amount of $500. Like, do and, and people are acting like that is not the context of the America that we live in. So it's like... I don't understand how people cannot be taking into account these different aspects of like personal finance that people have to tend to during this crisis, like car note, student loans, car insurance, Mm -hmm. housing, food, health insurance, medical expenses. Gas if I still have to go to work. Don't let nothing happen to your car. Don't let us snap into your internet. Like this is this we need a comprehensive package and this has to be approached from a comprehensive way because it's gonna impact a lot of how we live. So it's like I don't understand why if you're in a position where you have things where you're coming operating from a privileged position, going back to what Rick Scott said, it's like you can't tell me shit because you're not living this life. At all. Like you have no idea what it is you have no experience over here so why are you trying to build over here because let's be clear it's april 1st rent was due it was due today it was due let's be clear and there was no countrywide okay we're putting a moratorium on rent and my second the second reason that the whole landlord versus renter argument is stupid is Okay, even if they freeze rent, if they're not freezing mortgage payments, that doesn't help the landlord. And mm-hmm. the landlord, that issue should not be with the renter. Like, your issue is not with the renter there. Your issue is with the bank. It's with the government. Right. 
I can't give you money that I don't have. You can't give them money you don't have either. Like, why are you fighting me? Right. And it's just so interesting how this really just goes back to leadership. Like, that's, that is the elephant in the room. Like, because the fact that there wasn't any kind of federal mandates on all these different levels of financial concerns for individuals makes it challenging to understand, like, what, what you can do or what is possible in your local area. So you really have to research this shit all your own. Because it's like, I remember I was listening to a podcast the other day that was talking about how, like, in New York, for example, Chris Como, he put a moratorium on mortgages. He didn't put a moratorium on rent. Which is even sillier. Because now y'all don't have to pay your mortgage, but I still have to pay you rent. So what happens to that money? That just goes into your pocket? And that's the case in New York City. I don't even know. And mm, I was going to say where we were. I don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know in, if the place in where we are. I feel like we could say the state. We can talk about that later. But I feel like we can. I mean, I don't even understand why we were being cryptic about it anyway. I don't care. I don't care either. <laughs> we live in Delaware, bitch. Okay. So... I don't even know if in Delaware they've said anything about putting a, like a moratorium on rent at all or any kind of like housing did. expenses. They didn't. And even if they're working on it, like y'all are late now. <laughs> like the first has happened. We're not working. And then another level that people aren't clocking. If you can't afford to pay your, um, and this is really left up to the, the, the discretion of the business. If you can't afford to pay a bill, that doesn't mean that during this whole situation, they're not going to report that shit to the credit bureaus. Right. Like, that's also another level that people are not clocking. That's why you need a federal mandate so that in the event that you can't... Because I remember I was watching an interview with Kamala Harris and she was essentially... That was one thing she was advocating for. It's like, okay, we understand because people are going to be late on their bills, because it's taking us so long to roll out this package, people are going to be late on their bills. We should make it so that you can't report that shit. Mm Mm-hmm. Because they they try to package it and make it look all pretty, saying that, like, well, I got a letter saying that, like, the electricity company is not going to cut off your electricity during this time. Mm -hmm. They're not going to um, terminate my internet during this time if I don't pay a bill. They're not going to cut off my water during this time if I don't pay a bill. That's all really cute, but the bill is still going to be due, so. And that's why, in my situation, again, going back to gratitude, I'm not operating any differently. Right. Because there's no point in. Cause I'm going to attempt not to anyway. I'm still getting paid, so nothing has really changed for me at the moment. Mm-hmm. And assuming that that is the case, I'm going to continue to pay my bills as well. But I know that that's not the case for a lot of people. Right. What's the, what's the time? What are we at? An hour. Oh, okay. I, was gonna, I mean, do you want to talk about that whole fat working out conversation? Oh, yeah. I did read that. That's an, I mean, yeah, we can talk about it. <laughs> Because I just got mad again. Every, everyone on Instagram is a fitness guru now. Okay, so let's talk about it. So, <laughs> my friend um, DJ, shout out to DJ, who is also, she needs to be a content contributor on the show because this is the second time that she sent me something that has sparked a conversation. She sent me something, um, a, a, a post on Twitter, so a tweet. I don't even have my phone. Can you? Yeah, I have mine somewhere. I sent it to you. I don't know. There was this tweet that someone made, and I want to read it to you, or have Taylor read it to you, so that you can understand where the conversation is going to go. All right. Najma Sharif, at Overdramatique on Twitter, says this, the spark in at-home workouts and obsession with not gaining weight during a whole fucking pandemic is really showing just how fatphobic everyone is. 
DJ said that to me. <laughs> DJ said that to me and said, what are your thoughts? And my immediate response was, I feel like that's unfair. Was was my immediate response. Because I feel like, first of all, I'm one of those people, I really don't fuck with any kind of like broad sweeping statements, absolutist arguments, black and white issues. I'm really not that girl. I tend to be that way as well. I, I feel like I need context. I need to really, really delve deep into an issue. I need information. I need to, to try to cultivate a full comprehensive understanding of an issue before I can say an opinion on it. And I don't, I think the framing of that is unfair because it's like every single person who's participating in kind of like this at home workout craze isn't doing it from a place of anti-fat. Are you saying that because it hit you personally because you're working out from home now? I mean, I mean, already it's, it's from both ends of it. I'm a fat bitch, so I could just be oversensitive about being <laughs> like them talking about my people, <laughs> or I could be because I'm a fitness junkie. I can be sensitive that we're talking about my people. So it really, it's, you know, it's both of them. So I'm, I'm not going to act like I'm not, you know, one of the girls on both ends of it. But I feel like, no, because I think that there, I've seen posts, I've seen posts that to me were just blatant fat phobia. Like, I've mm-hmm. seen that where people are saying that I refuse to get fat. Yeah. I've also seen the, this is the perfect time for you to, uh, transform your body because you're just at home doing nothing so now's the time to do something all those times you said you didn't have time to work out all those times you said you would do it when you had time now you got time lose the weight and here's the thing as even though I think that's unfair because I feel like to an certain extent the people that I follow already were fitness heads anyway mm-hmm. so it's like they're trying to figure out how to navigate incorporating fitness wellness and health in the context of this outbreak and trying to figure out how to make make workouts at home. I don't see a problem with that. What I have seen that's kind of interesting is that, to your point, it's like, kind of like uh, framing the issue in a way where it's like, because we have all this available time, you should be dedicating that time to weight loss. <laughs> like, and not actually, and I'm not saying that you should be worrying about this pandemic every single moment of the day. But I'm also like, if you're priority, if you're framing it in a way where it's like, to the, to the person's tweet, tweet, like, you know, the trauma associated with the pandemic versus, you know, losing those 20 pounds that you've been trying to lose for 87 years. <laughs> like, hmm. <laughs> one of them sounds a little bit more of a priority to me than the other one. Yeah. But. That's just me though. The, okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> um, Like, I've seen people who have said, I refuse to get fat. And to me, it's like, it it, it beckons the question, what is it about fat that you refuse? Like, what's the motive of fat? What is fat? Because, like, what are you doing that would make you fat? Are you not moving at all and just eating all day? Because that might be a different thing that you want to address. That might be some sort of depression or some sort of, you know? It's not... That could be manifesting in this whole situation. Like fat shouldn't be what you're afraid of. Let's look at what else is going on. Like, and to me, the reason I think also the counter argument, the reason I also think that what she said was unfair, because it kind of rests on the assumption that people who are working out are doing it to inherently like lose weight or to not be fat. Mm -hmm. Whereas I feel like as we've seen, as we've seen through my own experiences, we've seen through countless other fat people who are, you know, doing shit. 
they're doing it not only to lose weight, but also because it's like maintaining a, a certain mental space. It does something for them. It also could just be about like actually promoting good health. Like you're on the verge of diabetes if you don't. And I'm not saying this from a fat person perspective. You could be a skinny person who's pre-diabetic or diabetic and you need to maintain a certain wellness health regimen in order to maintain yeah. a certain level of health. I understand that. So that's why I feel like that's that's a little bit unfair. But I do feel like niggas are not acting like they don't know what she's talking about. Like, that's the other thing. It's like... I also feel like everybody is not a fitness instructor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you want to work out at home, that's cool. You should totally do that. But don't fucking film it and say, here is your at-home workout. Do it now. Like... Well, I mean, film it if you want to, for sure, and put it I'm, on your Instagram. I'm that girl. Yes, I did. Definitely film it, but don't be like, "All right, guys, let's work out together." Here's what we're doing today. Like, you're not, you're not Jillian Michaels. Don't do that. Please don't. <laughs> I'm the type of person, and this is people have always, people have said to me a lot. Oh, I want to go to the gym with you. Oh, I want you to, you know, work me out. You should be a trainer. Mm-mm. I'm not that girl. I've been to the gym with Zay. Don't do it. <laughs> it's hard. It hurt. <laughs> I'm not that girl and I say all the time y'all don't want to want to work out with me because A it hurts and B it's boring <laughs> because I'm going to say get on this machine do 30 minutes and then we want to do this these literally he would be like pick that up alright lift it 400 times How you, however you get there is your business <laughs> I'd be like nigga what <laughs> and then we'll walk away how you get there I need 100 reps how you get there is your business but I need those, those 100 reps <laughs> and we'll leave then come back and say, okay, where, where are we at? Because that's like, how I do it. And right, I, I'm I, five. <laughs> that's how I do it. And and that's what I'm saying. Like, I always approach things from when I post stuff on Instagram, this is what I do. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's the right approach. Because I'm pitch, I'm not no, I'm not credentialed in this shit at all. I just know what I've done, what works for me, what I can, I can only speak from a place of experience. That's why it always blows me when people are like, They've had the, these huge weight loss transformations on Instagram and stuff. And people ask them, like, how'd you do it? What'd you do? I want to do the same thing. And I'm just like, it's not, I'm not selling you a program here. Like, this is just, this is what I did. This is what worked for me. It probably will only work for me because it's what I did. It's specific, but... right. And I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm generally skeptic of a, a skeptical of a lot of those, like, Instagram-y, fitness-y, programs i mean and to me it's like i'm skeptical but that's me yeah i'm skeptical of it but if you need some type of tool to motivate you to do to achieve a specific goal that you have for yourself and that is the thing that puts you over the edge that gets you that push you know i'm not mad at it i'm not gonna say i i know for me i don't need it never have never will so I may go, I may, you know, you know, go on YouTube and like, oh, let me see what this exercise is, how to do that, what's the form for this exercise. But I don't feel like, mm, I'm not the girl that's going to pay. And that's mostly why I don't like when people post their workouts and are like, hey, this is the workout for the day. Because it's like, all right, you're doing push-ups, but your technique is terrible. So now I'm about to do terrible technique <laughs> push-ups. I can't. You're doing squats, but your knees are turned in. So now we're both about to have not have any knees. Okay. We're giving, you know, you know. Knock knees realness. <laughs> I can't. I just... I think this is... And I've seen a lot of mental health professionals on Instagram and like mental health posts that I think are really important that people need to read 
and they they were. Uh, I remember I saw one from Kelly. Kelly posted this, where it was like the mantra is, "You're in a situation where your habits." It was something to this effect: "You're in a situation where your habits have changed. Your body might change. It's okay." Yeah. Like, and I feel like people just need to read that. Like, because everything is changing right now. There's it's a lot of shit that's is. out of your control. Right. That's not any kind of product of you and anything that you're doing. It's literally, you know, the world is encroaching in on us. And, you know, these are our final days. And it's okay to just acknowledge that. Like, <laughs> you you said that earlier, how it was just like a... Sometimes you just need to acknowledge that everything is fucked up right now. Right. And I concur. Because I have had to, like, deal with that in my relationships as of recently. Just mm-hmm. being like... Because I'm the type to be like damn, that sucked. But this is cool over here. Everything's great. Like, if I just concentrate on this, we'll, we'll be fine. We're happy. Right. When in reality, I have learned recently that I just need to be like, this is fucked up. I fucking hate this. Everything is terrible. And I need to feel these feelings so that I can move past them. It's okay for you to be like, the world is literally falling apart right now. We don't have any health insurance. All of our health is in danger. <laughs> Nobody can pay for anything. And we're nobody's the, allowed to leave their home. <laughs> and let's be clear, we're at the beginning. <laughs> I just want to make sure this is clear. You, the way that we've been talking, you would think that this is day um, sixty-seven, bitch. We're at the beginning, and it's it's it sucks, mm-hmm. and it's going to continue to suck. And I feel like at some point you have to feel that. What did Beyonce say? Beyonce said that she like. I remember reading somewhere that whenever she's going through something, she like will allow herself to feel it. And the full effect of it for like 48 hours. And after that, she'll like make, take steps to kind of get out of that space that she was in. I like that. I like that too. Cause I, I mean, I don't, I feel uncomfortable putting a beginning, a middle and an end on it, but I understand in the name of productivity, quote unquote, in the name of productivity that you have to, you know, kind of get out of that space and life has to continue. And I think logically putting a beginning, middle and end on it is like a, that's a logical step. It's like a, okay, this is it. This is how this feels. Okay, this is done now. I need to move on. Mm-hmm. I That makes sense a, a lot to me, actually. I'm going to start doing that. The issue that I have is, uh, once I'm in it, I don't know how long it's going to take me to get out of it, bitch. You know, because sometimes when you're in, in, in the throes of some sort of, like, episode of depression, some sort of depressive episode, or not even just... A depressive episode, but you've just been through some shit and you're just responding to it. You mm-hmm. don't know how long it's gonna take you to get over it. I'm still not over that shit with my mom. Mm-hmm. I have not been. I have not said a word to her that was not a necessary word that I had to say to her. But that could all be avoided too if you had just told her where you were. Imagine. But I don't. Why do I have to tell? No, you? I mean, you're right. You're right that it shouldn't be a you have to do it. But like, we know how our moms are. Correct, and and and, 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 and I'm good for holding someone accountable as my mother. <laughs> Cause mm, I'm, let me shut up. I don't want to put all my business out here. I love my mom to death. I love her dearly. We have issues. <laughs> or I have an issue. <laughs> I understand. I don't know what, what we're talking about anymore. I don't either. We need to do our weekly consumption. Do you have one? I had like four, but I wrote them down right. and deleted it. Because <laughs> it's been a long time. <laughs> I have a lot too. Um, oh, I think we need to start. Well, I don't know if you watch it, but I think we need to start a segment on the show where we talk about RuPaul's Drag Race because I've been watching and it has been a ride. Really? Yes. I don't watch RuPaul's Drag Race. Girl. I mean, anymore. It's really just the fashions that I care about. Like, I don't care about any of the drama, but the fashions. Ooh. I will do a segment if we can start from the beginning. 
Okay. I don't. We have to watch it because <laughs> I already know episode like four or five. And when I say beginner, I mean the beginning of the series. Oh no, I take it back. I don't want to do that. I am from Chicago. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Uh, that was season two, I think. I used to watch RuPaul's Drag Race down. I used to remember I when when I was a when I was a young warthog. Um, I used to have to hide and watch it because you know I was a black gay child. Mm, they didn't want me to watch it, but whatever. But I used to watch it. I used to hide and watch it because it was on Logo, and that was like the gay channel. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Struggles of being black and gay. <laughs> um, but yes, I love RuPaul's Drag Race. I just haven't watched it recently. And I also have interesting feelings about him, but that's not the end of that. Um, yeah, I have interesting feelings about him too. Um, that's not the point. I like the fashions. There's also one drag queen on there this season that was in some like real life drama and got kicked off the show. But I never know what pronoun to use for them. The, yeah, I don't think it matters. She. They are really slaying. Mm-hmm. Like, they're really good. And I want to not like them, but I can't because they're just so good. That's how I feel about let's go about drag queens. I that's how I, I didn't like them because they were annoying. Like I really didn't fuck with Valentina at all, <laughs> at all. They apparently catfished someone like in the real world out of a lot of money, and then got disqualified from RuPaul's Drag Race, even though they were like, well, I mean, it's only like episode five, but they've been slaying all episode, all of the episodes. Did they break the law? Yeah. And they did not know that before. <laughs> did they break the law? <laughs> and they did not know that before. It didn't come out until like after the first episode aired. Like it was on social media and somebody was like, yo, this dude catfished me out of blah, blah, blah. And then it just went viral and they got disqualified and won't be in the finale. But this wasn't happening when the show was being recorded. Mm-mm. It didn't happen until after the first episode aired because the person who got scammed was like, hey, I know that person. So what do they just edit them out of the series? No, they're still in the series. It's just that you know how they don't film the finale until later because it's like the reunion or whatever, and that's when they tell you who oh, won. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they've been disqualified, and I, I'm going to venture from these five episodes that I watched that they would have won had they not been disqualified. Like the power of an NDA, bitch. <laughs> like an NDA will really have your lips tight. Like, <laughs> oh my god. I feel like I, I'm never signing an NDA in my life because I'm just going to tell everybody, bitch, she won. She lost. The bitch is gone. I'm, I can never participate in anything because I'm going to tell everything. Oh, what was your, So that was your weekly consumption? Yeah, I've been really into this season. Mostly because the fashions are just so good. Yeah, they... Uh, Drag queens really... They did not come to play. They do not come to play. I'm trying to think about who is one of my favorite RuPaul Drag Race queens for fashion. She kind of gets on my nerves, but I low-key want to say Raja. Mm-hmm. And I would say Shea Coulee. If you ever have an opportunity to YouTube Shea Coulee's runway walks, because they did a um like a club kid tribute, like a club a club kid uh, runway. And her fucking club kid look was sickening. <laughs> it was absolutely the fuck sickening. Trinity's was also sickening too. Um she had a, mm, I'm not going to tell you, but you need to watch it. You need to watch it. Okay. Um, what is my weekly consumption? So this is going to sound really random, really odd, because you're like, bitch, what are you doing on YouTube? But <laughs> oh, Lord. I, you know, like to scour the YouTube earth to the YouTube archives to find different things to watch. And I was watching interviews 
with Issa Rae and Regina Hall during Little, Mm -hmm. like the movie Little when it came out. Mm -hmm. Regina Regina Hall is fucking funny as fuck. She is. She's hilarious. I have been living. That is the only thing that's getting me through this whole fucking situation. I was watching this interview... And meanwhile, this is like a serious interview where they're asking her serious questions. It's a BuzzFeed interview. So this is for like promo for Little, that movie that I never saw. Where um, it's Issa Rae, Marseille Martin, and Regina Hall. It, it was a BuzzFeed interview. They're asking them questions. They're pulling them out of the jar. In the middle, it's Issa's Rae, Issa Rae's turn to answer the question or read the question. Mid-interview, Regina Hall stops them and says, hold on one second, Reg- um, Issa can't read. Can I, should I read it to her? And she says this shit with the straightest of fucking faces. She said, she can't read. Should I read it to her? What should we do? And then uh, Marseille starts playing along. She was like, well, let's see. Can she try to do it? <laughs> and, but she was like, it's a long one. And that shit just took me all the way the fuck down. Yeah, and then Issa Rae will be... Issa, I'm ready to fight. <laughs> Issa will be calling her old. And then in the middle of the interview, like... <laughs> Fucking Regina will like low key scratch the front of her forehead, but do it with her middle finger so that she can give her the finger. Like they're so fucking funny, and I enjoy their banter. Regina Hall is a national treasure. I love her. I'm a big fan of Regina too. I feel like she deserves things. Mm-hmm. All of them. All the flowers. She's so funny. Mm-hmm. And she's. Gorgeous. Like, I literally was looking at the other day and I was like, cheekbones down. Like, she really is so pretty. I'm like, oh my God, what is going on? I was watching this documentary called McMillions on Netflix. It's about the McDonald's Monopoly thing. Mm-hmm. You know how you could play Monopoly at McDonald's and win money and shit? Oh, wow. It was rigged, but like, <laughs> McDonald's didn't rig it. The people who worked at McDonald's rigged it. It was just wild. It was just so wild. They didn't want people to win, so they would like... No, so it was like... So you know how... Oh, I don't know if you know, but you had to get a matching set in order to win money. Mm-hmm. Just like in Monopoly, you have to get all three of the properties in order to put houses on them. Mm-hmm. But like, you could get two, and then it was like hard to get the last one. It turns out that somebody had stolen all of that piece and distributed it to their family members so that their family members could win all of the money. So it was like the two $1 million pieces were both in the found in the same area of the same come city of the same state. And nobody looked at that and was like, well, this is a little weird. <laughs> like something is off. Something. So it was I like, I, I remember playing the McDonald's monopoly and like, it's wild now thinking like I never could have won that <laughs> shit. Never could I have won. <laughs> and I don't, I'm not really the girl who like spends money to, win specific prizes. Like, I wouldn't go to McDonald's just to try to get those Monopoly things. I but did. That's what I was saying. You give me that girl. Like, you really are her. You'd be like, I'm almost on the verge of winning this shit. I need to go to Yes, but I never could have won. This shit blew my mind, yo. I'm sorry, friend. We were watching all kinds of shit during this fucking quarantine. <laughs> quarantine Chronicles. Oh, and the the new Hulu series, Little Fires Everywhere, with... um. Reese Witherspoon. Is it, is it Reese Witherspoon? I'm pretty sure it's Reese Witherspoon. And um, Carrie Washington. It's really good. It's good. There was... I had another one, but I don't know what the name of the YouTube channel is. But I've been watching... Because people don't know this about me. Because, you know, again, I'm an onion. <laughs> I think that one of my favorite genres of movies 
favorite genre is of, horror. It's, I'm like, grammar. It's horror. That's yeah, my favorite. I That's know. one of my favorites. Remember you made me watch that terrible movie? What? With the Zodiac Killer. Wasn't he the Zodiac Killer? Where he stabbed that poor girl at that lake. Bitch, and we didn't even finish the movie. That movie is crazy. That movie is absolutely <laughs> crazy. And that's, to me, that's not really horror. That's like a, that's actually kind of like a historical, kind of like Ew. biography. Because, I mean, that actually happened. The Zodiac Killer was a thing. Ew. I hate it. Ew. <laughs> but horror is like my shit. And I was, there was this um, channel that I found on YouTube where they kind of like explain and break down different like endings to movies. And I, I'm one of those bitches. I don't really give, give a fuck about spoiler alerts because I'll just, I don't care. I'll go watch a movie and not feel any kind of way. Um, but I was watching one for, what was it? Midsommar, Midsommar. Mm-hmm. White people, white people, mm. <laughs> They're already bringing their plague and pestilence now. but yes, true. <laughs> Waiting for the other three horsemen to show the fuck up. Bitch, okay. I mean, they're already here. I mean, Wait, let's be Yeah, clear. war's been here for a while. You're right. War and pestilence are here. War. Famine. It, this is really it. This is the end of days. <laughs> <laughs> this is it, Michael Jackson. Well, follow us on... Um... <laughs> on Instagram at Fat People Podcast. Oh. And follow us on social media. I'm taking a break from social media, but follow us. <laughs> yes, follow me, but I'm taking a break. No, follow me um, at Taylor Renee. I'm not taking a break. Yeah, Taylor Renee is popping. And uh, subscribe to our podcast. We're available everywhere that you get podcasts. And we'll try to record every week. Mm-hmm. And practice social distancing. Bye. I love you. Goodbye. <laughs> Bye.